Alright everybody, today's episode is brought to you by The Raven Cafe, located at 142 North Cortez Street in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. I love this place. I eat there all the time, and let me tell you why. The Raven Cafe features a full, all-organic espresso bar and a wide variety of craft beers and wines. Their innovative menu is created with a focus on organic ingredients, many of which come from local sources. So head on over there. Enjoy a relaxing and comfortable environment decorated with rotating art shows by local and regional visual artists. And on the weekends, a lineup of the best in up-and-coming local music. You don't want to miss out on the Raven Cafe. It's absolutely one of my favorite spots in town. So head on over to ravencafe.com and order online or stop by to catch a happy hour on their beautiful rooftop patio. to The Creative Convergence, an audible nexus of the creative arts. I'm your host, Candace Devine. Join me in conversation as we discuss the journey creatives take on their path to success. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. We have one heck of a guest today coming to us through Zoom. Please welcome The Chill. The Chill is an American rapper and record producer. He embarked on his music career in the early 1990s as a co-founder of the Compton-based West Coast hip-hop gangster rap group, Compton's Most Wanted. We have such an incredible conversation. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you'd like to learn more about The Chill, please see our show notes to find links to his social media accounts and music. So where was where was Baby Chill born? And start from the beginning. Well, Baby Chill, that's my son. That's my oldest oh, son. Oh, I love it. Okay. I'm I'm G Chill. I'm the Chill from the group Compton's Most Wanted back in the days. Uh, legendary rap group. Actually, it's crazy because I found some vinyl. This is my first record. Oh wow! In, uh, 1989 with my partner MC8, my homie NC. We did this. This was a great project for me. I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, it is so legendary baby, too, and we're gonna get to that for sure. That's what's up. So baby, baby, that's my son, my first son. He's twenty-seven. Graduated from um, school of uh, technology and, and 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 engineering and film school and all of that, and kind of took you know after his dad and engineering. You got your artsy interest. Yeah, yeah. He didn't want to do no rapping and all that stuff, but he's off into the beats and engineering. And it's crazy because I never knew him to even be interested in any type of music or anything, but. You know, I came home, I was gone for a while, you know what I mean? That's a whole nother story. And I came home and he was like, Dad, I'm graduating, this is for you. Boom, I'm moving to San Diego. And I'm just standing there with my jaw dropped to the ground. Like, You're like my baby's grown <laughs> and he's doing it. That's amazing. So that's baby chill. I'm the chill, that's baby chill. And then I got tiny chill and then I got <laughs> fat boy chill. And then I got little Vern. So then my boys, chill boys. So you have all boys. I got all boys and then I got girls through my Taylor Cherry. Oh, proud daddy. I love it. I love it. So let's yes, yes. let's go to your beginnings. Uh-huh. Born and raised in Compton? Yeah, I'm born and bred in Compton, 15202 South Williams, Compton, California. Um, 1970. You know what I mean? Born 
uh, Christmas Eve, a premium. I was supposed to be born in February. I came early. I wanted to come out for Christmas for some reason. Yeah. Well, you um, were like, it's a good time to present a gift to the world. I'm into it. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Um, born in, like I say, born and bred in Compton. Um, came out with my first record in 1988, the one I just showed you. Yeah. Um, um, was a part of the Boys in the soundtrack, legendary move uh, by the legendary late great John Singleton. Yeah. Um, had the first first single on there. My first gold record was that project, um, and had numerous projects. And you're what eighteen? As a, I'm let's, probably, I'm gonna slow uh-huh. you down only because I'm a detail nitpicker. I want to get into no, all the no, juice. I, I want to get I into. Yeah. When okay, before before we get to the success that I want to hear about. I want to know a little bit about like when you found your voice, when you got into rap, when Uh you first started creating, you know, because everything Uh you just listed, which is incredible. And I do want to talk about it, but there's a journey to becoming that young man Uh who had the vision and the foresight and the entrepreneurial like brain to go, I'm going to go do this. And well, not to cut you off. No, please, please. It's your that's, it's your story. Very, yeah, that, I mean, that's a very great question. You know what I mean? Because thinking back, you know, like I say, born and bred in Compton, it was a lot of music around me. For this, my dad, my first drums was the congas. Yeah. I had the chicken pox two weeks. You know what I mean? He took me around to the park every day. Him and his buddy, they drank beer and beat on congas. You know what I mean? For what reason, I don't know. But now that I'm older, I know they was partying. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he had to watch me. So might as well give me some condos and bring teach it on me in. how to slap. <laughs> Yeah, so I got very interested. And he also, it seemed like every time it was time to buy me something, like my birthday or Christmas or, you know, summertime or whatever, it was some form of instrument, whether it be like the congas or the drums or some percussion. Yeah. So I fell in love with it. And then, you know, going to church, with my mom, I ended up being the drummer for the church. And then I ended up being in a marching band, you know, in the city of Compton, in the Compton Parade. You know, they put us in all these different academics. I played football for a year or two, but I wasn't interested. I was more off into music. So I was able to be the drummer walking down Compton Boulevard, miles and miles with this big drum. Amazing. And then I also have an uncle. He made a record in the 70s. And he had a band. They used to practice in my garage. They were a garage band called Truth Perfection. And every time they turned their back, I'll be on a shaker, a tamarind, a cowbell. I just wanted to be in somehow. Yeah, you're you know like, fit I mean? me so, in somehow. Like, yeah, I'll, so I'll they go think, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, they got tired of telling me, don't touch that, don't mess with that, sit right here to, here, just play the tamarind. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, I got good at that. You know, and like I said, I was just all interested in the music, you know. So by the time I got to junior high school, getting off into myself, listening to the radio, you know, the old B-Boy stuff, Run DMC, yeah. Sugar Hill Gang, uh, Houdini, Beastie Boys, all of that. Yeah. I found my own. My school was like Crush Groove, like the movie Crush Groove back in the day. So, you know, you had Snoop Dogg, you had yeah. Orange V, you had me, you had MC8. We all at school together, battle rapping and dancing and popping and breaking, you know what I mean? And, you know, from there, you know what I mean? MC Ren from NWA, he stayed across the street from me. Yeah, how do you feel looking back on that time as far as community goes, as far as, um, in the way that rap came up, right? 
from uh-huh. from the streets and from communities and from people getting together and battling and using their words to express everything that was going on at that time, which I also want to get into. But how do you feel that childhood that you had, how does that look today for young artists? I mean, is it the same thing? Do you think that community and that like entrench of of people gathering? It's, I think it's totally different. Yeah. I think it's totally different because it's more at stake as well as it's more to be accessible to. Right. You know what I mean? Like we had to go outside and yeah. find something to do. We had to, you know, run around the neighborhood, be friends with people. You know what I mean? Throw the football, you know, sit on the corner, you know, come with these ideas, actually talk to people versus today. You got all this social media. That's true. You got, you know, the kids got tablets and stuff. I tell my kids all the time, like, I wish I had that when I was a kid. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? All of this stuff, I'll be lost, just as lost as they are. You know what I mean? So, you know, versus back then to now, it's totally different. I'm thankful that I come from that era because it made me who I am today for this, you know what I mean, a musician, yeah. a father, and a husband, you know what I mean, to be, um, you know, before my time, I'm sure it was a little bit harder than that because it wasn't drum machines and all this computer stuff going on. So you had to be talented for this playing live instruments. I'm right on the neck bone of that in yeah. 88, 89. You know what I mean? Playing instruments. I'm, I was a drummer. You know what I mean? So, you know. So you already had graduated. that. You already had rhythm in an in instrumentation way. Yeah, when I did graduated you start- off at the... Yeah, I graduated off into the drum machine. So I knew rhythm from beating the congas, beating the drums, being in the marching band, dancing, popping, battling. You know what I mean? So when it was time for rhyming, it was, I already know how to keep a beat. It was right there. You're like, I can Mm -hmm. sit into this beat all day long because it's in me. I already have it in me. It was a no-brainer. Yeah, that's amazing. So now, so you grew up with all this influence within your family, which I love. I love that you're like, now I know my dad was partying. <laughs> but he straight <laughs> brought me out to the park and was like, start learning how to play this thing. <laughs> That's amazing. Right. Um, I do that with my own kid. That's why I love that. I'm like, ah, oh, mama's going to have a glass of wine. You go ahead and play that guitar or piano or drums or whatever you want to play. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I relate. Um, when did you first start rapping like when did those words start coming to you who were you who was bringing that to your you know bag of tricks as far as the things that you would connect with and the things you would put out like when did you find your words i think from start it was like i said in junior high and it was basically just reciting rhymes like we was heavy off into Run DMC. We was heavy yeah. off into LL Cool J and that movement and all that stuff that was coming from the East Coast. So, you know, of course, if we see a video or something on TV, we come to school the next day, kind of dressed like they was, you know, and kind of reciting the rhymes. Like you seen that on TV? Like he was like this, blase, blase, you know what I mean? Where I'm going to trying to be in my own lane, you know what I mean? Taking those words and taking that style and just replacing the words with my own. Until I got better, right. you know what I mean? And then just start writing my own stuff, you know what I mean? So this happened like around high school, you know what I mean? When the battles got a little bit serious, you know what I mean? Me and Snoop Dogg and Warren G and them battling each other, you know what I mean? Now it's gladiator school because you really had to be on your chops. 
You know what I mean? Well, and we you're was talking about three like, legends. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I mean, you kind of have we to be good. Like, yeah. We, I mean, well, man, hey, we came out with our first record when I showed you in 1988. I was still in school or supposed to be in school. You know what I mean? And, you know, Warren G, that's Dr. Dre brother. You know what I mean? We already had a deal. You know what I mean? And they asking us, like, man, hook us up. Hook us up. You know, and I'm like, I'm a kid, dog. I don't know how to hook nobody up. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just rapping. You're right. You know what I mean? And, you know, they was gladiator and against us, and we gladiator. But now we professional. Now, I'm, you know what I mean? To the point to where I'm flying on airplanes to New York and going to Chicago and all these different places. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they recite my rhymes. So that made me take it a little bit more serious and a little bit more serious with my craft. Yeah. You know what I mean? For this, how I wanted to present myself from Compton. I wanted to tell people about the struggle, about how we was and how I was going. Like a window, you know, we didn't have Instagram and all this different stuff or Zoom and all this different stuff. So it was a window to see how we living in Compton. 100%. So I did my- At that time, I was a kid but i was i'm from los angeles so i was living i'm from burbank and it's exactly what you said being a kid listening to all different kinds of music and i remember and being from a basically a white suburb honestly i mean that Mm -hmm. that era was the window to seeing the other side of life like understanding that life did not look like what my life looked like everywhere else It was hugely important. Yeah. I mean, I used to spend time in Burbank, you know, when we go to, that's where the big studios were. And you know what I mean? Different, the the record companies were, you know, Burbank and all of that area, Hollywood, uh, Covina and all of that. You know what I mean? So we come on that end and we looking around like, wow, I didn't know this was over here. You know what I mean? And then they're interested. Like you guys are from Compton. Like, yeah. what is it like? It you was know a I mean? thing. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. talking, I was a little kid and, you know, you have buddies at school who are older and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was a thing for us as little white kids. We were like, there's a whole nother world. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and although none of, <laughs> none of us yeah. were good at rapping, I mean, but we yeah. were feeling, we were taking it in. And yeah. it was opening our eyes. I mean, it got bigger than that too. You know what I mean? Because, you know, like you say, you know what I mean? You're thinking like that from your aspect where you at. I mean, imagine the people in Milwaukee and in Portland, Oregon, and totally. you know all these different Cleveland, Dayton, Ohio, all these different places, Detroit. You know what I mean? And we go into these towns like, yeah, we from Compton, and they like, we from Detroit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, okay, there's people that's living just like we are, right? In this area, you know what I mean? And through music, we can see what it is in Detroit. We can see what it is in Chicago and New York and all these different places. And we can show these people where, where Compton is. You yeah. know what I mean? Back in them days, before YouTube, they tube, he tube, Isn't we that tube, incredible? When you think it's about it, in that incredible. we didn't have all the technology to connect us all the way we do now. And the right. music was doing the work. Right. The music was doing the work. That's why we had these skits, you know, in front of the outreckon, you know, the intro and the outro and all of this. It was bigger than the music. It was actually really painting a picture of what we had going in our community. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. It was it was powerful. It's I mean, in my opinion, hip hop is still powerful, but there was an energy in in that time that was palpable. You could taste the words. You could taste the 
the stress. You could taste the like you y'all need to hear how our world looks. Like no doubt. And no it was doubt. it was it it was an important and pivotal pivotal time. At that same general crossroad, as you're emerging with all these legends, yourself included, how obviously tensions rose between East Coast, West Coast, because you mentioned you're you're getting influence from the East Coast and mm-hmm. the West Coast is creating its scene. Yeah. Both from the streets and in the industry. I mean, the industry shifted. There was a lot more hip hop coming to the surface. There was a lot more voices being heard from that perspective. Mm-hmm. How did the East Coast, mm-hmm. West Coast thing play into your trajectory with, with hip hop? Did it? I mean, you know, let's, just keep it 100 on the west coast we had we didn't have as much as the east coast had you know what i mean let's you know the hip-hop was born on the east coast okay yeah. we'll say that you know on the radio or what we was prone to was you know the old school run dmc right. houdini you know ll mm-hmm. uh krs1 epmd you know that stuff bumps worldwide not just the west coast but the east coast down south totally. out of the country everywhere Totally. On the West Coast, we had groups like Bobby, Jimmy, and the Critters. Or, <laughs> Sorry. you know. <laughs> the you way know you I mean? said that was just, <laughs> you Bobby, Jimmy, I mean, and the you know Critters. I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Russ Moore, these parodies, you know, the Al Yankovic. Rap, right. You know what I mean? Right. Just, you know, doing different stuff that was kind of, you know, comedy like type stuff. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah you know what I mean? So, um, thank God for guys like King T and Ice T. And uh, Tidy T and Mixed Master Spade. Yeah. Those were the influences to make me, to make us be like, you know what? We, it's cool to be ourselves. You know what I mean? It's cool to be who we are from Compton and spit it from where we come from. You know what I mean? Versus the guys in the Bronx or the guys in Brooklyn or whatever. You know what I mean? They telling their story. We going to tell our story. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and we have one. And we definitely have one. You know, so... About time it was time, and that's the birth of, of, of gangster rap to me. Uh, groups like Tidy T and Mixmaster Spade, mm-hmm. King T and Ice T, with those records they had in the early '80s, and then you had NWA. You know what I mean? And Easy E and all of that. Totally. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, it's getting closer. You know what I mean? Ran he he's always across the street. I see Easy E pull up every day. If these guys can do it, I definitely can do it. Right. You know what I mean? Um, introduced us to Lonzo, you know what I mean, from the Wrecking Crew. Now I'm in a studio. I never even knew where a studio was at, how to get to one. How did that feel? Were you just oh, like... Was... <laughs> I found out that Gardena wasn't that far from Compton. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, dang, it's right up the way. You know what I mean? And the studio's right here. And this big, at the time, four-bedroom home looked at like a mansion to me. Right. And he had a studio in the back with the pool table and all this different stuff. And this big guy back here working on all this equipment. And, you know, we back there, young shooters, we rapping, rapping, rapping. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get y'all a cassette tape, take it home and write it, and then come back. You know what I mean? So we felt important. Now we feeling like we got something to really do and we're doing this for something. You know what I mean? We have to go back home with the with the helicopters, with the gang bodies, the shooting and all this different stuff. And, like, and actually sit down and kind of, you know, just look around ourselves and write about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Looking at your environment, to- looking at your life, looking at what you're taking in every day going, now how do we put this into not only rhymes, but like in a way that is impactful to what, it's doing it justice. You know what I mean? Like how do we to say this? To where it's heartfelt. Right. Right. And then hoping that 
to people that that's lucky to get a, a hold of it that they can understand it. You know what I mean? Because at that time, we didn't know anybody was like us. We thought we was the only ones because we never went nowhere. You know what I mean? But by the time the first record came out in 1989, a single, and, you know, we call it hood rich on our end. You know what I mean? Like, we hood rich now. We got a couple of dollars. You know, a couple of dollars is $2,500 in our pocket. Yeah. You know, I'm driving a car with a giant bullet hole in the side, and everybody's waving, and I'm waving. You know what I mean? And... You know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? You know, I'm hood rich now, so I'm a superstar. I made it. Right, now knowing right. that it's so many levels to it. It's so many levels to it. Like, okay, I'm great right here. $2,500, a car with a bullet hole, some eight ball. You know what I mean? And I'm good. You're like, you know life I mean? is everything it needs to be right now. I'm rich. I'm done. I don't need that now. I still live with my mom. I got my room. She ain't kicking me out. No. You know what I mean? She feeds so, me. <laughs> yeah, it, she feeds me, you know what I mean? All I got to do is break the yard up from time to time, you know what I mean? So once we got actually got on an airplane and flew to New York, a place that I praised, you know what I mean? Because yeah. all these great, pe talented people come from, you know what I mean? Even in R&B. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, wow, I'm in New York. This is a big town and it's a lot of people. When you got off that plane and walked into Manhattan... I'm assuming, were you in Manhattan? Because, I mean, just as far as city-wise goes, I know, I yeah. remember the first time I landed in New York. And yeah. it's just like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> honestly, yeah. you just kind of go yeah. like, we have yeah. our, like, West Coast, but oh, my God. These, yeah, yeah. I'm so yeah. small, I mean, you know? From, from LAX to JFK to, to straight uptown to Manhattan. And I just spent around, like, you know, I had a moment to myself, you know what I mean, like, Wow. Yeah. Like, just people going everywhere. People going everywhere. You know what I mean? And I'm like, wow. Like, these people listen to our music like we listen to theirs. At the time, no. You know what I mean? So we had to prove ourselves. Right. And then you got, you know, people telling us this is the hardest crowd to please. You really got to be on your shit. You really got to this, that, the other. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, man, man, I want to go home. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is too much for me. You're I'm like, I know I'm a big fish around. in my pond, you know? Yeah, like, I'm great just driving around kind of rich. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, about time, it was time to hit that stage, and we went out there and gave it. We didn't put on no act or nothing. We just was ourselves. Yeah. And they loved it. You know yeah, what I mean? they did. Like, <laughs> oh, they loved it. We, we went to Harlem, you know what I mean? To yeah. uh, the, um, the Apollo, you know what I mean? And, did you rub? You did know, you rub the stump? Was the stump there? No, it wasn't the Apollo show. We was performing that night there. Oh, so, so you were private theater. But I yeah. did get to rub that stone just to, <laughs> you know, because I watched the show yeah. growing up. Totally. You know what I mean? But, you know, it, I, I had the uh, butterflies and all that, the bubble guts, all that stuff. You know what I mean? So once we actually did it and the people of New York loved us, you know, because we was wearing khaki suits and stuff like that and Nike Cortez, and they was out there in Timberlands and fatigue wear, and they telling us we look like we work at the airport. <laughs> so it was like everything was against us. Everything was against us. You're like, yeah, we got sick rhymes, and they're like, you look like you're working at the airport. <laughs> like, why y'all got, they like, why y'all rocking them, them, them airport clothes? And what y'all going to do with those little Nikes? You know what I mean? We need boots out here. I'm like, we drive in L.A. Yeah. You know what I mean? Y'all do all this walking. I'm not walking nowhere. Y'all do all this walking, and y'all taking trains. I'm not taking no bus, no train. I'm driving. You know what I mean? <laughs> we like to, there's a saying that um, I've heard many times from going back and forth to New York at this point, but they're like, West Coasters 
are they well well New Yorkers are climbers because everything's up and down. So they're mm-hmm. designed to climb. West mm-hmm. Coasters are exactly we're coasters because everything is far away. So we we cruise and we coast into the things we right. want to do. Right. And both have their own sets and strengths and both do, but like the New York edge comes from the fact that they have to walk everywhere, they have to climb everywhere, they have walk-ups with no elevators, they have hot muggies, you know, but they and have that's that edge. Why music is like- yeah. yeah, that's why the music is like that. Chuck D, my boy from Public Enemy, he told me. Shout out to Chuck D. Yeah. And Flavor Flavor, the whole Public Enemy squad. But he told me, he say, you know, New York is, our music, you know, is boom bap because everything is boom bap out here. We all move it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cabs, people, walking, trains, this, that, the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Skyscrapers, all this different stuff is to a fast beat. You look outside 4 o'clock in the morning and you still walk, see some lady walking around with actually suit with her briefcase and she's really trying to get somewhere. You know totally. what I mean? There's a lot of people out there. Four o'clock in the morning in LA is dead. You it know is what not mean? that. It is not that. Town is shut down. You know what I mean? And we have palm It's the trees. only time we don't have traffic in LA. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? You know, either you're going to spend some money or going to make some money in LA. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's why our songs is so smooth and laid back and make you feel like you're riding down PCH. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We got these palm trees and this beautiful weather. You know what I mean? And yeah. you know that's 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 why the music is different. It's because it's the lifestyle. You know what I mean? Yeah. California lifestyle is a little bit more laid back, even in our rough times, just laid back. That's true, and I'm I'm actually glad you brought that up because when you started, now you did you leave high school early? Did you graduate? Did you not graduate? I left high school early, and yeah. I got a GED later on. Got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I At left high point, school because I got. Because I got a record deal. I was just going to say, at that point, you're like, my life is starting. My career is starting. Right. Yeah. And it was stay in school and deal with some stuff that I'm really not into or take this $10,000 and jump on a plane to New York. Right. Boom. <laughs> I, I went to New York. Girl, this was not a question in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I can I could honestly tell you I would have done the same thing. I would have been like, this is not a question in my mind. Um, so here, here you're leaving school. You got a deal. You're going to New York. Tell me about that time, because you, you, it sounds to me, from an outsider looking in, like the most exciting thing ever, I mean, in your life, uh-huh. you know, you've got uh-huh. a record deal, you've got your crew of people, you've got your influence, you've got your voice, you've got your beats, you've got everything you've needed to be like, I'm ready. This is my, this is my time. Yeah. You release your yeah. first record. What yeah. happens? How does it go? Where do you go from here? What is your reality at this moment in your life? Well, you know, I was a guy, like we just said, I just wanted to rap. Yeah. I just wanted to show my skills. So I was product of my environment. You know what I mean? Because it's either you're going to get ran, chased home, beat up every day, or you're going to be a part of what's going on. Right. So I was kind of straddling the bench. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to hang in the streets with the homies and I'm going to go to the studio and be hood rich with these rhymes. Right. You know what I mean? So when the first record came out, I I, try, I figured that I could do both. You know what I mean? But I learned that that wasn't the way to go. That's so interesting. I, was that a conscientious choice you had to think about or was it just something that became inevitable? That was something that I actually had to go through. You know what I mean? Meaning you don't figure it out in a day. You're going to have to take the scars that come with it. 
know what I mean, and learn that, you know, because you got to think, 17, 16 years old, you, you really don't know what you're going to do <laughs> you unless you come shit. from that. I mean, I say you know that with I mean? all the respect to the young people listening. No, but no you doubt. Know, you know what I'm saying? So you got to think, I had a baby on the way at 16, about to be 17. Wow. Um, I was in the streets calling myself a gangbanger. And everything that come with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? On the other end, I had a studio. I had studio time to go to to rap, me and my partner, MCA. And after I leave the studio, I want to go back to the hood and kick it with the homies. You know what I mean? And, you know, as crazy as this sound, you know, get pulled over by the police, wait for the guys come shooting at us. Yeah. And all that, you know, you find some type of fun in that because you know that these guys over here is going to protect me if something happened to me. Right. You know there's, what I mean? There's I mean, some safety net in a sense. Yeah, so I belong with these guys. Right. You know what okay. I mean? So it wasn't nothing in rap that made me feel like I belong and I'm safe. You know what I mean? But and on the other hand, it was a career, something that I could actually get rich quick from. Right. You know what I mean? With that train of thought. You know what I mean? Which is not right. You know what I mean? So... Well, but again, at 16, 17, how do you, you know, how are you weighing that? You don't know how to weigh that. You don't know jack shit. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like I said, I had a baby on the way. I yeah. found myself humping around with my girlfriend at the time, which we were kids. We grew apart so fast. It wasn't even funny. You didn't you know, know who you, you didn't even know who each of you were. I mean, honestly. Exactly. So well, by the time it was time to get grown, yeah. we found out we didn't even give a shit about each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we got this kid we got to raise. You know what I mean? And being product of my environment in the streets, I end up getting incarcerated. You know what I mean? Wow. So I'm sitting down, you know, still can't figure out or add two plus two equals four. You know what I mean? Like, how did I get myself in this situation? I have no answers right. because I got out, jumped right back off into the rap game, doing my thing, caught up with my boys, doing up my thing and end up incarcerated again. And you're like... And I think it was three times before I started saying, you know what? I think I need to leave the streets alone because this music is taking me places, but the streets keep putting me in jail. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, at some but point, as you, you just kind of look at coming from Burbank, Yeah. As you know, coming from Burbank, California, in California, the law is if you got in trouble and you get in trouble again, you're, you're not in trouble for that. You're in trouble for your priors. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... Any trouble I got in, I'm in trouble for my prior offense. Yeah, they're just going to, the the cops, especially at that time, were like, oh, you got anything on your record? Exactly. Now, like, you now you're triple, double down on everything else. I don't care if you just passed a stop sign. Exactly. Now we're going to throw you in for whatever. For whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? You get caught with a joint and get the electric chair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's, he's not exaggerating. That is, yeah, that totally. is the environment that, that, time and it's, we're back so, but today's episode is brought to you by guitar lessons with drew hall if you've ever wanted to start to learn guitar or if you've been playing for years and want to raise your playing to the next level contact drew hall for private lessons lessons are specially designed for each individual student that focus on your musical interests goals and even how you learn all styles and skill levels are welcome. Lessons are also available over Skype. To book, please call 928-848-6784 or by email at drewhallguitarplayer at gmail.com. Oh, 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 o
once I fought through that, you know what I mean? I, I came home, I think the third time or whatever, and I was like, okay, I need to get more off into my crap. Then I tapped off into my earlier year stuff, beating on the Congos, the drums, and all that stuff. And here the drum machine started making beats and producing. I don't, I'm not going to say producing, just making beats. Yeah. And MC Ren from NWA, he gave me a shot. He liked it, the beat I was working on. And the last album that he did over at Rufus Records, he, he got a beat from me. I went up to there to the studio, and that's when I became a producer. Right. And that's when the checks got bigger. And that's when I started taking it a little bit more serious. Yeah. Like, okay, now I'm not in mom's house. I have my own apartment. My girlfriend at the time, we have to pay this rent. She sweat me about getting a nine to five. I was working at a chicken joint for a minute. Yeah. Really wasn't with that because I was hood rich. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're like, I don't want to be working here when I've made it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I started taking it a little bit more serious with the producing, buying a little bit more equipment investing, learning, uh, uh, getting taught different things about production. Well, and you're uh, growing up, too. I mean, yeah. you, you know, simultaneously, you'd already gone through these things that taught you, like, I have choices here, and I can right. either be cyclical and just make the same dumbass mistake for whatever right. reason, or be blamed for something that wasn't that big of a deal for whatever reason, exactly. or I can say all right, I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to invest in this career. I'm going to spend my money on the things that get me to the next place in this career. Exactly. Now I'm here. You know what I mean? I've done, done so much with production. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've become more of a producer. Now, it's, it's crazy because a lot of the old school artists, they look at me like, okay, that's chill from Compass Most Wanted. Right. But then other people be like, damn, I didn't know that was chill from Campus Most Wanted E Rap. I know him as a producer. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you kind of have created I, two lanes. Like you've created two careers. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, now I'm knowing how to drive both cars at the same time. Right. If you know what I'm saying. Versus back then, I was trying to figure out how to drive just one car. You know what I mean? Still rhyming with my partner, MCA. He's doing solo stuff. We every now and then we come together, do another CMW project. I start producing my projects on my own solo, trying to get deals from that. You know, yeah. anybody that would listen, you know what I mean? And doing shows, hooking up with fellow MCs like Corrupt from the Dog Pound and totally. all these different people that I produce for, you know what I mean? And all that and being part of all these different situations like the Dirty OGs and First Generation and, you know, all this type of stuff. So, you know, here it is. I, I, I done figured it out. You know what I mean? Okay. Sit at home, stay out of trouble, take care of your kids, and do music. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like an amazing recipe to me. And, it's, <laughs> and it looks like it's worked out just fine. <laughs> it's, 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 it's grand. Now I'm really in my lane to where I, now I'm having fun with it. Yeah. I'm not taking it so serious. Right. The streets is crap. Ain't nothing going on in the street. You mess around and catch coronavirus in the street and a whole <laughs> bunch of other shit. You know what I mean? So... I'm at home. You know what Let I mean? me ask you this if you don't mind me asking. And if you're like, I don't want to talk about that, that's fine. But when you look back on your career and you look back at the 90s and where society was at and what you were rapping about and the way it was pivotally shifting society and you look at today, how do you uh -huh. feel about that? Being being a, you know, voice of this ex same exact movement and issue like do, do you look at this and are like man i thought we changed this or do you go this has never changed or do you go it's time to start 
you know, I know you're still putting out, you know, jams, but like, are, uh -huh. is it time to start changing the dialogue? Do we repeat the dialogue? How does, where do, where does someone like you with all your knowledge and expertise and history and know-how and focus, where do we go? What do you see now? Well, it's, you know, let's just say this, let's keep it 100. It's the music business. Yes. So of course you want to be able to produce product that's actually going to sell. Yeah. I mean, I, that's you business I mean? in general. Yes. As, as well as maintain your integrity of being yourself. You know what I mean? So I, I, you know, I, I got a fan base. You know what I mean? I got people that's my age and new people that's, you know, getting introduced to me that expect a certain criteria out of me. You feel me? I do. At the same time, it's the music business. I still got to um, adapt with the times. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's crazy you ask that because I think about what James Brown or Marvin Gaye or, you know what I mean? Totally. Uh, All the Oats. Totally. Um, you know, uh, Guns N' Roses. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, um, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I had a conversation with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he taught me so life, so much in that hour conversation. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's the music business. I keep reiterating that. I have to be able to put out something to sell, but still maintain my integrity. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? For my fan base. You know what I mean? So versus back then, like we was, we just, we just said, we was painting a window to show them the struggles of Compton, the gangs, the police, the smokers, the this, the that. You know what I mean? And it's still that. It's that times 10 now. Yeah. But I'm not the guy that's in the backseat of a car that's going to hang out the window shooting. Right. Or selling somebody some dope. Or You're I'm sitting on a guy. different side of history right now. Right. So I mean, as far as your, where is, you're sitting, I, I don't mean, you know, but you're yeah, sitting no from doubt. a different position in history. If they labeled as gangster rappers, then my interpretation of gangster these days, coming from where I came from, is... I think it's gangster taking care of your kids. I think it's gangster um, paying your bills. Yeah. I think it's gangster owning your own. You know what I mean? Pushing <laughs> your own along. <laughs> I you couldn't agree. I mean? Yeah. I think that's gangster. So I kind of spit it from that category now versus back then I used to talk about the hood and, you know, the police this. I'm like, the police ain't did nothing to me. You know what I'm saying? Lately, so... I can't rap about that. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's but, not your personal story right now. Right. So I can rap about what my story is. And that's, I had to go to the grocery store and go get groceries and it costed me $500 and the shit was gone in a week. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> it's you know, just so I had, true. <laughs> you, know <what> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know what I mean? I had to go get some tires for my car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what kind of car? Well, it's not a six-fold, but I used to drive a six-fold, but these days I drive a Tahoe. Right. You know what I mean? And you know, I got to make sure I got tires because all of us got to fit in the car. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, I had to get my woman a Benz because I met her in a Benz and I want to stand up to my word and keep her in a Benz. You know what I <laughs> mean? But it becomes hard because I'm not that guy anymore. You know what I right. mean? So buy my shit because I'm keeping the gangster like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's gangster to pay your bills, take care of your kid, love your mother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally. Get that game from your father. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> totally. You know, yeah. so it's it's different, but it's the same mission. It's different to answer your question, but it's the same mission. 
we speaking about the struggle of today versus we were speaking about the struggle back then. 100%. You know what I mean? The struggle is different. Isn't it incredible? I The one thing that draws me so much to music of all kinds is that it, it is next to your children, in my opinion, art in general is one of the handful of things you can legitimately leave behind that generations will find. We still have Mozart and Bach. We still have, you know, whatever music we find from generations upon generations, uh, hundreds of years deep. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's so important and magical when you have an artist that stays through their life as an artist uh -huh. to keep giving content and inspiring uh -huh. other artists to keep giving content, to leave a record of who we've been and where we've come from and where we're going and yeah. documenting how the struggles of any singular life grow and change and the, uh -huh. and to document evolution the way, you know, we all learn things. None of us are the same person as who we were at 16, 18, 20. Facts. And right. to be able to leave a record of that history and that life, like you said, this is gangster now. I yeah. love, I love that. I mean, I love yeah. that your that baby chill and tiny chill and every, all the chills are gonna go. That's my dad, you know. Yeah. And their life yeah. will be influenced and affected, as will their friends, as will their extended family friends, as will every one of your followers. And they're going to see this incredible evolution of your work. And still, mm -hmm. people who are finding you just right now today are like, I can go back and listen to this, and I can listen to this, and I can hear what he's produced here, and I can hear what he's rapping about this. And I just think that's incredible. That was a very long-winded way of saying, I'm still glad <laughs> you're here producing and rapping, and it's incredible. I, it, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that, you know, that I still have the interest. You know what I mean? Because... A lot of music sucks these days. Um, <laughs> a lot of a lot a lot of it is their interpretation of hip hop. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but it's a double edged sword because hip hop has came a long way. You know, I come from the years where it wasn't accepted as right. much as it is now. Now, uh, but I feel like you have, it, not to interrupt you, but I feel like there was an authenticity that we lack sometimes now. I think that it's just different genres of hip hop now. Okay. You know what I mean? Versus where it's just hip hop at first. Now it's, you got trap rap, gangster rap, uh, this rap, that rap. That's true. Uh, That's very true. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. uh, R&B rap, um, I need love rap. You know what I mean? <laughs> you have um, rapping country music you know, now. <laughs> yeah, mumble rap, country music. You know what I mean? All yeah. of this, you know what I mean? Um, back then it was hip hop, R&B, jazz, heavy metal. Totally. You know what I mean? I don't know what happened to heavy metal, but <laughs> heavy metal was... Huge for a minute. ...identical to gangster rap, yeah. rebellious music. You know what I mean? Even some forms of country, because you listen to some country records from Garth Brooks back in the day, and it was gangster. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, like you listen to some old, you no know, Garth or, 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 you know, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And, and it was gangster. You know what I mean? So... Even some Spanish music you listen to and you, you know, translate what they saying, they talking the same stuff we talking, just in their own language. These days you got all these different genres and it's kind of maxing out the other genres of music. Like if you listen to jazz music, it's hip hop driven. 
you listen to R&B, it's hip-hop driven. Mm -hmm. Every chorus line has to have a rap in it or the drums got to be the same, mm -hmm. you know, and it's no uh, independence in it now, meaning everybody's trying to top a record that sound like a record. I, you know, could, I could not agree with you more. And I think on top of that, they're also bleeding these genres together to make right. sure that they concoct the hit exactly. that overdoes the hit. In the exactly. Same way. Perfect, perfect example. Taylor Swift came out. She's not the Taylor Swift that she was today. No. By far. Right. You know what I mean? She's, she's the sweet little chick from wherever she's from. Now, I would say, damn. You know what I'm saying? Who is this girl? You know what I'm saying? She's like the chick around the way. You know what I mean? And <laughs> she knows how to twerk and everything now. You know what I mean? So, you know, that lets you know the power of hip-hop. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Just that alone. You know what I mean? Kanye West was just on stage, you know, being belligerent and tripping while she was getting her award. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now she can turn around and be just as belligerent to him. You know yeah. what I mean? You're right. Yeah, so, you're you're right. That's the power of hip hop. You know what I mean? It's that's uh, such a valid point and so worth hearing. Um, yeah, it's incredible. So, what do you feel? Because you're you've gotten good at driving the car in two lanes simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. where do you find more of your excitement coming from when you're working on a project? Like, do you get that? You know, when oftentimes you hear people say like, ooh, like that one made the, the hairs on my stand, on my skin stand up. Like, does that happen for you more through production now or when you're writing rhymes and you're like, oh, that's that's the one that feels I would say I would say both. And that's a great question as well. I would say both. I, I had the, 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 the blessing of meeting my homegirl, Rachel. Oh, she's you know what so I mean? Great. She's she's very talented. And. You know, I met her through my homeboy day one mm -hmm. and Corrupt was over here whatnot. And, you know, I, we have my home studio and she came over and I'm like, OK, what's going on? OK, this white girl from the rap. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she pulled out her guitar. She started stringing. And I said, this is something new. You totally. know what I mean? I'm like, wait a minute. I've I never done this before. You know what I mean? But I want to get out the persona of chilled and touched everything on the West Coast I didn't, and half the East Coast and down South and out the country. So it's like, okay, what can I do to top what I've done? Right. Right. Was it, you know what I mean? And we was just vibing off some jams and we did a couple of jams that actually made the cut on our album. And that kind of stood the hairs up on my arm because it was something totally different. And it's crazy because I was just talking to my woman. We was at, uh, we was in the mall doing something and I, and she was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm just listening to the music that's playing. And I'm like, I'm wondering how can I get in, in, uh, in on the radio in here? Right. Like what kind of music I got to do to get in the, on the radio? Like, how am I, I going to infiltrate these speakers? You exactly. Know, where people are you just like, mean? doo, 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 but and they're it, hearing it. And it actually catches somebody's ear. You right. know what I mean? While they're shopping and it just makes them feel good about what they're doing. I'm, I'm like, I conquered gangster rap. I conquered hip hop. I want to do something different, but still remain me. Right. And I was always, you know, driven by guys like Babyface and, you know, uh, um, this group back in the days called Full Force to learn what they did. They was behind NSYNC and Backboy, Backstreet Boys and all this different stuff, but you never knew it. 
right. or Timberlake. Right. When, when Timberlake got out with Justin Timberlake, it was different. But he was still Tim. You know what I mean? And I'm like... Yeah, and those collaborations, <laughs> everything are all sexy. I mean, all of them process this good fruit, you know? It's like yeah, when yeah, you put yeah. these minds you know, together. If it's organic music, you know what I mean? Because now everything is just music. It's not genres, but you got different genres of this music. So I'm like, how can I do that? And I met Rachel. And I was still able to be me. I mean, she playing her guitar. I... I barely play the bass. I, I know how to play it, but I'm not a bass player. You know what I mean? I jumped on my bass and I'm playing with her. And, you know, we having a good time. She got a little dog. My kids love her. You know what I mean? And we over here just having a good time. And that poured out in the music. Right. You know, when I listen to that music that we did, it's like a time capsule. It takes me back to that moment, what we was doing. So I think doing stuff like that is, is, is like a no-brainer for this creating something. It's like building a house. You know what I mean? Like, wow, look at what we did. We painted this house and built it from the ground up. Me and Rachel on day one, we built those songs from the ground up on basically how we was feeling that day. That's exciting. You know what I mean? I could have been heard some bad news and it could have been a slow, sad song. But she was adamant, like, listen to the song I recorded. I mean, I, I wrote. <laughs> and she's playing a guitar and I'm just sitting back like, wow, this is amazing. For people listening what can at I do home. To enhance this? Right. You For know people what I mean? listening at home. Um, Chill's re- referencing a, a dear friend, of, a mutual friend of ours, but a dear friend of mine as well named Rachel Beck, who also will be Rachel Plays Guitar. And mm-hmm. she is, uh, I was talking about this before we went on air, actually, to Dylan, who's helping navigate this sound so that it doesn't suck. So, um, what's up, Dylan? <laughs> I don't think he can hear you. Can you hear him? I don't know if you can hear him. Um, but, Tell Dylan I said what's up. <laughs> <laughs> He's giving a thumbs up. He can hear you. Um, he said, what's up, chill? Um, <laughs> Rachel's a super special artist. She's got this thing that I find so special. And, and the thing about it, the reason why I think I find it so special is because you can hear exactly what you're talking about in her music. Very, in a, in a very raw, organic, natural sense. You can tell that she sat down and everybody brought their genius to the table and it just collided into this really- And everybody was themselves. I yes. didn't have to come in trying to be something that I'm not. Yeah. And she didn't have to come in trying to be something that she's not. No. It was like, you do what you're doing, I'm going to do what I'm doing, and we're going to cook gumbo. Yeah. And boom. <laughs> Ooh, here it is. That's such you a good, that? yeah. Gumbo, <laughs> gumbo's amazing. Yes. Oh, yes, it is. I can go for some now. <laughs> Send it through the screen. I want some, too. <laughs> right. So let's. So you're working with artists. You're brilliant. They're brilliant. What did you tell, and this is where I get into the similar questions that I ask almost everybody because I find every answer is unique, but it, it's so insightful. When you were little, little, we'll call you little kid chill because we already have mm-hmm. a baby chill. When you were little kid mm-hmm. chill and you were getting mm-hmm. ready and you signed that first deal, what did you used to tell yourself? What was the, th- mm. what was your like, you know, pump you up? What was the thing that you would remind yourself of to keep yourself going? What was your dialogue, inner dialogue? I've always wanted to be and always claimed to be a leader. So whatever situation I was in, whether it was playing football, whether it was being in the streets, whether it was uh, some caper or in a music chair. You know what I mean? I always wanted to be in one of those leading seats mm. um, that was driven in my head for my dad. And you're a Capricorn. That's a thing. And I'm a, and, and I'm and I'm a Capricorn. We You're share Capricorn that. Too. 
Oh, come on now, Capricorn. Yeah, you know, um, my dad, he, he, I think he was more concerned about what I would be or if I would turn out product of the streets because it could have went either, either way. And he's like, you know, don't do what everybody wants you to do. Do what you want to do. And if people want to do that with you, that's fine. Um, so I've always told myself, you know, whatever it is, make sure that it's something that I actually wanted to be a part of. You know what I mean? And something that I actually wanted to do. Because if I want to do it, that means I'm going to do it right. Because he also told me, if you're going to do it, might as well not have to do it because you might as well not have did it at all. You know what I mean? So so true. I tell my kids that all the time. Like, you know, go if clean up the backyard. If you're going to do it half-assed, why do it? Yeah, yeah, you know, go clean up the backyard. Okay, you half-assed did it. Go do the whole thing again. You <laughs> know what I mean? Or you might as well not even yeah. have done it. You know what I mean? So I try to implicate that in anything I do. You know what I mean? You know, I, anything I do, I don't care if it's just putting on a hat. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm not going to put on a hat and put it like this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put on a hat. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, so, wear, I'm or, now wearing my hat and you're not going to question it. Like, it's there. Period. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a straight up and down guy. I'm, I'm A to B. If I'm going to the store, I'm going to the store and back home. You know what I mean? Totally. I'm not going to go over here, over here, then to the store, then over here and back home. I'm straight up and narrow, you know what I mean? So So seeing is that that's what you tell your kids now, I was, my follow-up question was going to be like, what do you tell yourself now? And I feel like this still very much applies, but is there anything at this point in your life as a, as a teacher to the younger generation with your kids, as people you've inspired, as artists you now work with, like a Rachel, is Mm -hmm. that your, is there anything else you feel is necessary to pass on that you have to remind yourself of constantly. Like you're like, Oh, well, I'm giving this advice, but yeah. Well, what I'll be in cocky nowadays is that times 10, because I have to remind myself that I came from 1989. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was being very modest. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that don't mean nothing. But when you hear so many people over the world, like, man, we used to do this. And we used to do that and we love this. And even to this day, I get people that couldn't have been born in them days to enjoy that. Yeah. Blue people. And they like, man, this stuff changed like this, that, the other, and blah, blah, blah. You know, it still it still stands for the day that I can't have do it. You know what I mean? So working with a Rachel or a corrupt or a day one or anybody at that matter, you know what I mean? They're leaders, they're kings and queens, you know what I mean? Then I have to play my part as a king as well. You know what I mean? And not half-ass do it. You know what I mean? Like, okay. She needs this type of sound. Let me find it. I know I got it. You know what I mean? Or we're going to put out this record this way. Okay, I'm going to make sure that I play my part so it can be done the right way. You know what I mean? Um, If it gets half done, I'm not interested in it. I lose interest very quick. And I think what I would, would tell, you know, somebody under me that my leading these days is just respect my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, I know some stuff. You know what I mean? I've been around for some while. You know what I mean? I have so, gained knowledge through this journey. Like, <laughs> I have something you know, to share. <laughs> I know some stuff. You know what I mean? So, you know, I try to, you know, not teach or preach to anybody, but, you know, I call it game. You know what I mean? Let me give you some game. You know what I mean? Let me, you know, I like what you're doing. You know what I mean? But maybe you should try to do this with it or right. just kill that, man. What's his name is doing that? And it sounds just like he is. I'm not interested. You know, just be straight up, straight forth. I learned that too. You know what I mean? If you tell somebody straight out, 
even if it hurt their feelings, at least they know what you're talking about. I, I also could not agree more. <laughs> I, I've been known for being too blunt. So <laughs> <laughs> like, so well, at least you know. what would yeah. you say has been a career high for you and a career low for you? I'll go verse. I'll go backwards. The fourth, a career low was me being incarcerated when we did that uh, "Growing Up in the Hood" soundtrack, the "Boys in the Hood" soundtrack. It was the biggest record of my career at the time. It was a gold record success. Yeah. Uh, and I went to jail. I went to jail the day before we did the video. So as eight, my partner doing my parts in the video, and that was the low. That, I, I, yeah, that I mean, sucks. I'm not I'll gonna lie. <laughs> Yeah, 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 no doubt. You know what I mean? Because I still pay for it today because a lot of people think it's him and it's both of us. Right. You know what I mean? Not that I want any brownie points or nothing from it, but, you know, give credit for where credit is due. Yeah. This is something that I worked on and, and I made the mistake of, you know, effing up and had to go sit down. You know what I mean? And for this, the high, I would say when I was actually around for our week from scrap album and the guy walked into the hotel room with those gold plaques and said, <laughs> congratulations, y'all went gold in a week. Oh my that gosh, I can only imagine. That was amazing. How'd you that guys celebrate? Cool. Oh, we had back then we was drinking brown liquor. So it was Remy Martin <laughs> and plenty of blunts. Back then we <laughs> were drinking brown liquor. <laughs> I love it. I said that to somebody the other day. They were like, oh, I have vodka. And I was like, ah, that was my 20s. Those days are gone. I don't drink vodka for yeah. anybody anymore. I don't have anything to prove. Um, <laughs> so I feel yeah. you on that. You're like, that was that yeah. chapter. Yeah, we was on that. You know, now I drink a little smoother. You know yeah. what I mean? I have a little nip nip or some dose mm. or something. But, you know, you never catch me with Jack Daniels again. <laughs> so Everybody's got their story of what they won't drink anymore. Like I, right. you could not get me to get near a gold schlager bottle. Somebody vomited that in my presence, and that smell will never go away. I, 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 yeah, <laughs> same thing. Same thing with some E and J or something. Yeah. Never. <laughs> Jack Daniels. No, 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 no. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this because I, this is another question I think is so fascinating to hear the answer to. What is your idea or what was your idea and how has it changed the the term success when you were starting out like for me as a kid success carte blanche was Whitney Houston the huh. most flawless voice all the attention just the range the power the her presence everything I was I just for me that was the she high. was great she was amazing and, yeah. you know, now you ask me what success I'm like getting a, a day where my underwear go on the right way and my child is fed. And <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like that word is a very shifty word, you know? Right. How right, has right. success been defined or changed for you? That's funny you ask that, because back in the days I wanted to be uh, the guy in the big mansion, the guy with 20 cars you know, all these beautiful women around me. You know what I mean? Yeah. All this so extra crap. You know what I mean? Um, me and one of my partners from my group, Dirty OGs, Weasel Lope, we, we, we share a great conversation. And he's putting a fence around his house. He just bought a home and he's putting a fence around his house. Which is um, so exciting. Very exciting. He just painted his house and put a fence around his house. And me, I got this fancy barbecue pit. I love grilling. 
and I bought a t-shirt plotter, plotter and a presser. And I got, like I said, I got my studio, I got my dog. Um, I have a nice home. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I don't have a mansion, but I have a nice home. It's two story, nice home. Yeah. And he say, chill, you're rich. You got food in your refrigerator. Your bills are paid every month on time. You're living out your passion. You got your woman. You got your kids. You're rich. So I guess that's successful. Cause if, I couldn't agree more personally. If I checked out right now, I did it my way, like blue eyes. You know what I mean? 100%. And, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and there's stuff left for the kids. So I guess I'm success. I'm successful. You know what I mean? And I'm thankful because a lot of the rich guys that I know with the big giant mansion and, and all 20 cars and all these different women, I don't want to be them because they have a lot of problems. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know a lot of them. You I've know what laughed mean? more in this interview. I just have to let you know. People are going to be like, I'm so sick of hearing her cackle. But I, I mean, you know, I mean, it's just facts. Either, either they having women trouble, they're on drugs, they got all these bills to pay, you know, they have some type of financial debt and they always complaining. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I don't want to be that. No. And you're like, you know and I mean? got past that. I figured that out already. Right. Like, like if you give me what you got, I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to get rid of that. And I'm going to dummy down to what I have now. You know what I mean? And I'm, yeah. and I'm great. So I guess I'm successful. You are. And successful. I'm very thankful. Very successful. I'm very thankful. Well, I'm very thankful that you were willing to come on today. I'm so thrilled I got to sit down and talk to you and learn more about you from you. Um, Thank you. I hope we can do this again in the future. I'd love for you to come we back sure, some other time. We sure can. Thanks for having me, man. And be safe out there. You know what I mean? My, my famous saying is don't get nothing on you. You know what I mean? Because it will jump on you. You could be in line. You could be at the gas station. Don't get nothing on you. Be safe out there. And once again, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate hear you. it. We adore you. One more thing before we go. Tell my listeners all the places they can find you just so that if there is a new set of young ears that has not found you yet, where should they go and, and look up all the goods? No doubt. They can check out my website. It's boomdocs.com. It's B-O-O-M-D-O-C-Z, as in zebra, dot com. You know what I mean? I got merch on there. I got music on there. I got a lot of stuff going on on there as well. If they want to holler at me direct, just tap in on my IG. It's uh, the chill CMW, T-H-A-C-H-I-L-L-C-M-W. And, uh, you know, I had the Twitter and the Snapchat and all that. It's just too much. So I'm just <laughs> on IG. I feel you. We'll, we'll make sure we put all that in as well. But thank you so much. <laughs> no doubt. Thank you so much, Candace. I appreciate you. You have a fantastic day. Tell your family hello for me. And go enjoy some grilling, because that sounds delicious right now, let me tell you. Yeah, too hot for grilling right now. I'm doing some chili. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, sounds good. Enjoy doing some chilling. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the chill. We're so excited he was here today. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. All right, y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by Grey Dog Guitars, located at 141 North Cortez Street in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Grey Dog Guitars is an authorized tailor, Gretsch, Guild, and Reverend dealer with a friendly, knowledgeable staff and a welcoming environment. Whatever you are looking for, whether to buy, sell, or trade, Grey Dog Guitars has you covered. So stop by today and check out their great selection of new, used, and vintage gear and check them out at www.graydogguitars.com. Thank you for listening to The Creative Convergence. 
coming to you from Raven Sound Studio in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Are you a professional in the arts and would like to share your story with us? Or a company that would like to advertise with us? Shoot us an email at contact at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Help support the arts by becoming a Raven Productions member. To get your perk card and be the first to know about all of our upcoming promotions, events, and online programming, your membership will directly support the arts programs in our schools. Sign up today at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Until next time, be safe and enjoy the journey.